This garden you can see from the street. Welcome to Intersections, a reporting project from WFYI Public Media. I'm Ryan Delaney. Tony Skelton's backyard garden is bountiful. Yellow squash, crookneck yellow squash, zucchini, beets, cucumbers. I put water to them. Those will come on up. Those will go ahead and grow. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There they are. Except. That's reporter Jill Sheridan he's giving a tour to. More from her later. Skelton grows everything out of an empty lot next to his home at 35th and Sherman. He's a retired iron worker, started planting this garden five years ago. He sells almost everything in it, but not for much money. And basically everything in my garden is a dollar, okay? Cucumbers, a dollar. I give you a dollar worth of tomatoes. Uh, Skelton's urban farm offers a novel and scalable solution to a problem, access to affordable, nutritious food in neighborhoods like his. Urban gardens are an important piece of the food security puzzle. They're where people can buy in or even sometimes get free food. The gardens can also help improve quality of life in communities like Skelton's, where violent crime is far too frequent. Skelton thinks change happens when people come together and maybe get their hands dirty. In some of Indianapolis's most distressed neighborhoods, there's no grocery store. A handful of corner stores closed this summer. That put even more attention on a big part of public safety officials' plan to reduce violence in certain neighborhoods. Pop-up food pantries that ran this summer in each of the six focus areas were the most visible and popular part of the plan so far. Reporter Jill Sheridan explores the role that food plays in fighting crime and why food pantries aren't the only answer to hunger. The mobile food pantries are over, at least for now. But this summer, they drew hundreds of people each week, including Janice Mucker. She's a retired social worker, and she's lived in Hawville for about 40 years. Mucker's in her 70s and says she depleted her retirement savings caring for family. So she came to the Gleaners Food Giveaway in this Kroger parking lot to make her budget go a little farther. Because I'm just coming out of a financial bind because I did have my two great-granddaughters. And I emptied out my IRA to get them beds and clothing and all that sort of stuff. Because I did that, it didn't make me eligible for food stamps. So everything, you know, came from my pocket. One thing from this table, so potatoes. In Marion County, nearly 19% of people lack reliable access to enough nutritious, affordable food, according to the hunger relief charity organization Feeding America. It's a big problem in neighborhoods like Hawville, and public health experts say it figures into everything from children's poor performance in school to health problems for adults. Gleaners Food Bank CEO Cindy Hubert says her organization jumped at the chance to be part of the Department of Public Safety's holistic anti-crime initiative. We thought early on if we could step in and provide the food, that that was one less piece that people needed to stress about. But the food banks were also aimed at something more, bridging a gap between the police and a public that's often mistrustful of them. As he waited in line with his mother and grandson, Aaron Shumpert watched police officers and firefighters help carry boxes of food to waiting vehicles. It's a good way to uh, uh, give back to the communities and, and, and show that there is positivity with, with, with the police and, and the fire department in, in regards to the community relationships. So I, I just believe it's, it's a step. It's better than doing nothing. Over the summer, Shumpert visited all of the food pantries in the six focus area neighborhoods, and he wasn't always getting groceries for himself. But we take it and we give it to other people. But see, we take it and we just know, if we know somebody, if we see somebody, like my mother neighbor 
you know, his wife is not doing well, so she's taking it and giving it to him, and at least he has something to eat. I'm wondering about the tomato, and I'm wondering about this, did the price change? It changes daily. That's today's price. You get 10 tomatoes for a dollar. J.R. Dalton grew up on the west side, and for years he's run a food pantry in one of his buildings on West 10th Street. On Saturday mornings, the line of people waiting for food sometimes stretches for blocks. Now we've started a store called Ripe and Ready, where he sells ready produce at a very deep discount. Dalton says that for him, food is a form of ministry. You know, a little boy comes to me one day and, uh, and I said, Danny, what, what's it like when you've been really hung, hungry? And uh, he started to cry and he says, JR, it's like a black hole in my stomach and it's so painful. It's, it's hard to speak to anyone that's empty uh, and hungry, even if you were to speak to them about Christ, because uh, they want to be fed physically before spiritually. Janice Mucker's freezer is stocked with some of the goods she got from gleaners, cut up and ready to cook. It's a technique she learned from her grandmother. And she'd just get all the stuff that people, you know, they couldn't sell. And she'd bring it back and she'd pair it up, take off the rotten places, this, that, does it. She always had, put all the vegetables together, what it was, and had like a vegetable soup or whatever. It was nutritious and everything. And inspired by a friend who shares food she gets at neighborhood pantries, Mucker likes to help out her loved ones too. But she was always giving them, giving stuff away. I'm going to bring you this, I'm going to bring you that, and you know. <laughs> but you know, it's helpful. And then like you say, you know, it's passing on kids, grandkids, whatever, people at church. Mucker says having that close circle of friends at church and a family around helps her feel safe in Hawville, a place that's long struggled with crime. And though her son sometimes asks why she bought her house in the neighborhood 16 years ago, she tells him, quote, Hawville's been good to me. Public Safety Director David Wan says the Focus Area Plan can't succeed without good neighbors like Mucker and Dalton. They're the folks that are going to make their neighborhood strong. They're the ones that are going to come together. And those are the people that we're really trying to assist so that the bad guys won't have a place to stay. Yet as important as they are, these food giveaways aren't long-term solutions to food insecurity and neighborhood safety, says Whitney Fields, a program manager for the Indy Food Council. The group works on issues of food security and sustainability. The only way that that's going to happen is the community supports it and buys into it, and it's community-grounded, right? So community members are very aware of the needs in their community and what they want. Uh, I think it's up to us to listen to what that need is and that that one is. The Gleaners' mobile food effort served over 57,000 people this summer, but Far East Side resident Aaron Shumpert realizes that peace in the streets doesn't happen with one trip to the pantry. And like I said, we, we, we still have to find something else to do because when this when this end doesn't mean that, okay, this solved a problem. This is just a step. Gleaners and TPS say they're looking for money and manpower to continue the mobile food pantry project, but Shumpert says... It doesn't even have to be give away free food. If they could just bring the community together, then we won't be afraid of one another. Reporter Joe Sheridan. We'll have more stories in this project as we continue to visit these neighborhoods over the next coming months. You can find our previous reporting as well as maps, graphics, and pictures on our website, wfyi.org intersections. Intersections is a reporting project of WFYI Public Media in Indianapolis. I'm Ryan Delaney. Thanks for listening.